Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Receiving the kingdom. Receiving the kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. So then, this is how you should pray. Let's read this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the opening lines of the Lord's Prayer. You know, Jesus was very simple. If you saw him, you actually looked down on him because it was very simple. But it was very high. He was the most spiritual. He was the highest. He was the most elevated. He was the most glorified. But if you look at him in the ordinary, he was very simple. And because of that, many people missed him. Many people missed him. He was absolutely the highest. He was the most spiritual you could be but because he wasn't spooky but spiritual without spooky you know spookiness how you carry yourself as if you're very holy and very slow and very dull and very to be respected Jesus was so casual but the things he said actually caused people's wires to spark so the disciples came to him and said to him, teach us to pray. And he said, this is the Boolean algebra of prayer. This is the priority of prayer. This is the board mass of prayer. This is what you put as the agenda items of prayer. The first thing he said was, our Father who art in heaven acknowledging God hallowed be your name it says you may come with your sin but when you come to God the first thing is to what you shared recognize God understand that you have just come before God that acknowledgement of God is the number one thing you do when you come in prayer and then once you know that he is your father hallow him Hallow him. The next thing is your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is already aligned to the heart of God. But earth is renegade. Earth is where you find discordant tunes and everything happening and everyone doing their own stuff on earth. But heaven is in sync with God. So God begins to declare. <laughs> he begins to ask us to declare as the persons who is given the voice over the earth. Pray over the earth and say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it's been done in heaven. Then, what's the next thing? You guys know the other part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. The next thing you're going to ask for is sustenance. Before then, talk about his agenda. If his priority, if he's putting things in order, the first thing is acknowledging God. The next thing is his kingdom, his agenda. The third thing, your needs. You can accurately talk about your needs before forgive us our trespasses. So think about this as the order. If you're going to arrange your prayer points, this is the order. But we turned into a recitation in the Anglican church and in the Catholic church, just turned into something we just repeated. But this was priority of prayer. It was like a spiritual reordering. You know how you say that there are mathematics, you said that this all, like uh, multiplication and division is a higher operator than subtraction and what? 
Yes. Do you, do you guys understand? So in the order of God, the first thing you pray for, it doesn't say that all the other things are not important, but this is the priority. Do you guys get it? Your kingdom come. Let's repeat this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One more time. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in one one last time your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven those of you online say it as well at home let's say it for them one more time your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven hallelujah Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 10 what is the kingdom what is this kingdom the kingdom is about a king and it's about territory so it's the territory of the influence of the king so when we're saying the kingdom of God the kingdom of God we're actually talking about the place where God's will gets to the hearts where God's will is allowed the place where God's will thrives the place where the idea of God's government works. The lives that have been given to God, the lives that permitted themselves to allow God's will to break in. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, where the word of the king is, there is power. So it is the place where the words of the king still carry power. Does his word carry weight in your life? Then it means that the kingdom is being done in your heart. Does his word lose its power in you? It means the kingdom is not done in your life. It's the place where the, where the word of the king carries. And then is the dwelling place of a people. A kingdom is the dwelling place of a people with a unique identity. What's our identity? language, culture, the authority we all, constitution that we, that's, that's our identity and the government that governs us. So this is actually what the kingdom of God is all about. The kingdom of God is not many things that we think it is. It's actually the government of God and whether God's word has place in your heart. Think, does the word of God have a place in your heart? Then you're probably in the kingdom of God. This is Charles Finney, and he preached this sermon on the 12th of May, 1850. He says, if the Lord Jesus should come and dwell visibly in London, walk in his streets, mix with his people, and be here as truly as the Lord Mayor, is, you know, the Lord Mayor of London. What would it advantage the people unless they were converted and truth prevailed in their hearts? Unless the laws of his kingdom were written in, his, in their hearts by the Holy Spirit, the people of London would be none the better for the Lord Jesus Christ himself living amongst them. So, if Jesus came on the earth, you would have thought that the kingdom of God has come. But I will show you quickly that Jesus came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. If the king of the kingdom had come, then the kingdom has been established. Alas, no. There is a takeover that is happening. There is a substitution of the old kingdom with a new kingdom that is happening in every single heart. And that's what Charles Finney was saying. That if Jesus were to come physically to London and Jesus did not take over enough hearts, it means that there was no significance of Jesus himself being present in London except that the hearts, the minds, the character, the actions, the quality of life, the way of thinking, 
The cultural innuendos of the people reflected Jesus Christ. That is how you know that Jesus has come. That is how you know that the kingdom of God has come. I hope you understand me. But every time we talk about the kingdom, what happens is that everybody has an idea. For the people in the time of Jesus Christ, here was their expectation. He will drive away the Romans. And for us, it's everything that troubles us. The kingdom of God means God will drive away everything. And then he will establish prosperity and peace for the Jews. For us, it's our dreams and aspirations. If the kingdom of God is working in our lives, people should see us and know that we're the children of God financially and the amount of, you do understand, that's how we should know. And the third thing they wanted, they wanted position in Jesus' cabinet. You know how, was it, I can't remember the name of the lady who brought her two sons, James and who? Is it Peter and James? Uh, any Bible student here, Pastor Fred? Who are the two people who, the disciples, who, where their mother brought them to Jesus? James and John. Hmm, I'm not sure about that. Well, can someone check? Google will help. But just fact check it, yeah, before we bring wrong doctrine. <laughs> yeah, so can, can I check? Can, the mother said, oh, in the coming government, let my... Let my son sit on your left and let my other son sit on your right. What were they thinking about? Position. James and John. The person got it. James and John. And then at the end of his ministry, guess what happened in the book of Acts as he was about to be taken up? Acts chapter 1 verse 6. They said, when they came together, they asked him, so Lord, is this the time? Will you at this time restore the kingdom? Jesus came and said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But they are asking him now, is this a time for you to restore the kingdom? Once you repent, the kingdom of God begins to come alive in you. Once you start yielding yourself to God, the kingdom of God begins to come alive in you. It's not until you arrive in heaven before you arrive in the kingdom of God. Many are here this morning sitting in various stages of the kingdom of God being born in them. I'm sure this is so simple, but it's so advanced. This is PhD of Christianity. If you get this, if this locks in your heart, right, you will not be a casual believer again. When we on earth, we think about solving problems, the problems we think of solving, when you take a look at Nigeria, when we talk about Nigeria, what do we talk about? Education, insecurity, lack of infrastructure, the political class, poverty. Are this not what we're trying to solve? For Jesus, Jesus thought about <laughs> the sin problems. He thought about the Pharisees and manipulators who were not entering the kingdom he, he, he thought about the people who were not having a heart change, who were not permitting their hearts to change. He talked about characters that were broken that needed to be fixed. So if we change this church automatically to walk on the points on the left, guess what will happen? Our numbers will double. But as our church is sitting on the right side, will always, always be a small tribe, a puritanical tribe, a tribe of people who have pledged themselves to God to allow God to walk on their inside. Remember, broad is the way and narrow is the way that leads to life. This road is the road less traveled. Some of you, I want to congratulate you for your daring courage to keep sitting here and hearing this message that tears you on the inside out over and over. Put your hands together for yourself. <laughs> honestly, really, put your hands together for yourself because honestly, there, 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 is, there are two gospels. 
There's the gospel that solves this problem and there's the gospel that solves this problem. There are two gospels. So let's go. What the kingdom intends to do is to repair the fabric of the family. Ivie Emiko, the queen, spoke last year. Was it last year she spoke or was it March this year? No, I think the one March this year is the God who puts it all together. But the message she picked last year is like, we're asking God to give us a kingdom. But God is saying, let me build the family. What God wants to do is to what? Build a family. Why does God want to build a family? Because this is actually a real flyer of what family looks like today. Yeah? A man and a woman. A man and a man. Do you understand? This is actually the description of family. Yeah? Today. God wants to build a family that destroys what the society is trying to make family to look like. The biggest thing God wants to do now, you won't believe, is family. God wants to restore your home. God wants to bring beauty in marriages. God wants, to restore, God wants you to marry. God wants you to raise children. You know, that's actually God's idea. God wants to build families. God wants to build families. God wants you to adopt children. God wants you to bring in people who will find comfort in your home. God wants to rebuild people. God wants to restore people. God wants to build a real family that destroys the fake form of family. Let me tell you. Here's the story. I read it. I had my first kiss with a boy when I, before I transitioned. At 17, this was a guy speaking, I knew I was a girl but also that adults in my life were not ready for this story. I figured if I couldn't be a girl, then I might as well fake being a boy who likes boys. I did as my classmates wished. Under the bright fluorescent lights of my cafeteria, I let the boy kiss me. Though it was sweet, it left my heart empty. He kissed me like a boy kisses a boy. I needed him to kiss me like a boy who kisses a girl. But I was thankful to have at least tried it out. Exploration was so crucial in helping me become, me, helping me come into my own as a young queer person. It's a story of someone who transitioned to become gay. Now, this is actually the world in which we live in. And as much as we don't like to talk about it in Nigeria, we feel like so white man's thing is here. It's very much here in the fashion industry. It's very much here in the media space. The problem is here. It's festering under, right under our feet. The world is building what I call echo chambers. I spoke in Joss, I was sharing with you guys what echo chamber is. Everybody talks in their own box. So PDP keeps talking to PDP. Or the North, have you ever heard the North speak? Northern Elders Forum. They speak their language. We're not going to allow the South to rule. We're going to, they talk, the North talks. Then the Igbos, IPOB is speaking. Then the West, now you have Sunday. So everybody's becoming narrow-minded. Everybody's focusing inside. Nobody's thinking about the whole. What should have been color has now become a camp. Everybody's not listening to the other person. And so long as there is no listening to the other person, guess what will happen? We'll all never hear each other. We'll just be echoes. We say everything we're saying. We'll hear ourselves inside. Christians have become an echo chamber. So we talk about ourselves. We preach to ourselves. We, re, we, we, we circulate the information inside ourselves. Our gospel is not actually tuned to the world. So God is calling us to tackle. These are God's own challenges. Cancel culture. If I don't like what you're saying, I block you. Block Cut out, cut off, block culture. And the whole idea of cancel culture is that you want to control. 
you want to control. So we need a bit of tolerance. We need a bit of agreement. Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Guess what he was talking about? He was talking about Samaria. He was on the Jordan side and he said, let's go over to the other side. On the other side was Samaria. He was like, let's go to the people who our people will not go to. The problem that we're handling is identity and gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is actually just the shame or the fear or the apprehension that comes to you when people don't admit that you are the gender you say you are, you feel you are. So you feel uncomfortable because people here will not agree that you are lesbian. You feel uncomfortable because people will not agree that you are gay. So, or that you are one of the other 100 different genders, you know, that there is. Now, you cannot call people him or her. You have to say they. Somebody said, is it demons? Like, are they legion? Like, they, plenty. <laughs> Take a look at these pictures. Tell me what you think. These are parents of these two kids. They've adopted kids. It's wife and husband, or wife and wife. Okay. Here's another one. These two men have taken these three girls. Like, and these are real people. Yeah? So, not only are you doing it, but you are what? You are dragging. Think about the mindset of these three girls. What do they think a family is? Yeah, there's a. There's, okay. You already be a boy converting or something like that who is cross dressing or something. People say they know. The, every year, the UK government pays for 80,000 sex change operations. They're putting testosterone into girls and putting stuff into boys to become effeminate and doing genitalia parts cut off, trimming your body organs to fit with what your mind thinks. This is the world we honestly and genuinely live in. So guess what God's solution is? Plan to marry. <laughs> honestly, this is God's solution. Let marriages begin. I want to open the door to more marriages. Let marriages begin. Raise godly seed. Martha, are you planning to marry soon? <laughs> Let me raise the pressure around, around all the single guys who are not married and all the single ladies. When are you planning to marry? Can you ask that to someone? When are you planning to get married? It's a very touchy subject for some people, like, we are good, right? <laughs> Get married, raise godly seed. I know that the difficulty in the, the mar marriage now looks like war games, almost like dating is like, ah, like everybody's so, so, ah, but guess what? Get married. Go through the process. Get counseling. Get yourself wedged in. Get real good counsel. But the kingdom of God is first family. Do you know we think the kingdom of God is something in the sky? No, it's first family. It's the place of belonging. And if you're a single person and you have so much love in your heart, it's actually okay for you to adopt. Honestly. You're an older single. You don't see any guy coming. Adopt a child. Adopt a child. Honestly, there's so many children who need love. And Africans say to Fiaqua, like, how would that say? No, adopt. You're, you're so full of love. You have so much love to give. You even have the resources. Make a family before the family makes you. Before the family finds you, make a family. Give someone that love you have. Adopting a child doesn't mean that you don't have any faith that God will do it. Adopt. Bring more people into the home. Increase the number of people who will find the wisdom of God. 
The things that you know, there are people you can teach them to. Let the marriages have unconditional love, agape love of God, and then start building together. So don't wait until you have everything. Are you hearing me? Don't wait until you have all the money. I'm not talking to Pastor Fred. I'm talking to the lady next to Pastor Fred. Don't wait until you have all the money. <laughs> you guys just get married. Come, I'll marry you guys. Where's you go? You guys, come, let me marry you guys. Honestly, this is how Jesus preached. He wasn't preaching in the behind. Do you, do you guys understand? Let's get married. Tell someone, let's get married. <laughs> God's kingdom is first in the family. There's the role of the father. There's the role of the mother. There's the role of kids. That children will be brought up in godly sin. is a solution for the destruction we're seeing at waste in the world. Family. That's the first thing. I talk about only the second thing. The kingdom of God is power. Here's the, here's the progression. God's idea is that he will give us a new nature. And when he gives us this new nature, what happens is that we have spiritual renewal and then we begin to live new lives. The next thing that happens is that we carry the presence. Once we have the new nature, then our warfare is to what? Carry the presence of God. And the presence of God gives us access and utterance. So your worship, your word, your prayer is supposed to be done in the presence of God. Have you ever read the Bible and it meant nothing to you because there was no presence? There are other times you read the Bible, the Bible comes alive. It's as if the characters are flying in your room. It's as if everything is making sense because there is the presence. And then the next thing God gives you is utterance. Every person who receives the grace of God can speak. You can declare the glory of God because we are all the sons of God. God doesn't have sons who can't speak. Even the ones who are deaf and dumb, if you see them, once Christ enters into them, their sign language doubles. Their sign language doubles. Like, I don't know how to do sign language, right? So it's not, this is not what they do. They do real intelligent stuff. Like anyone here can do sign language. Anyone. Their sign language doubles. Every one of God's children can speak. We have utterance. Say, I have utterance. In the place of prayer, your voice begins to ring. Something begins to happen. Then the next thing God wants to build in everyone who comes to the kingdom is character. And character just simply means you begin to see your pride leaving you. You begin to see lust walking out of your life. You begin to see the things that used to control you like greed and your opinions. You, see, you, see, you begin to lose the fact of control. And guess what becomes to replace that character? is fruits of the spirit begins to come. Love, consistency begins to flow out of you. You are now able to tolerate more the people you, you, you wanted to kill yesterday. You will now receive the grace. You, some of you know this thing. Character begins to form inside of you. You are now, you have stay power. One of the kingdom's power is not, the biggest kingdom power is not speaking in tongues and falling down is actually this formation of character on the inside. And after character comes authority we begin to grow in spiritual rank you begin to command spirit beings and they begin to hear you you begin to receive the ability to reform systems to legislate things and they come to pass to decree a thing and they come to pass God loves this progression and many times when this progression is distorted there is trouble because many people when they hear the kingdom is power guess where their idea goes to first the last one authority no that's not power power without control is nothing As God begins to build you, one of the things, sorry, 
As God begins to build you, God will give you a new nature, but He will also give you His presence. He will give you His presence, He will also give you character. He will give you character, then authority will make sense. And here is the, here is the diagram of it. So you have new nature, you have presence and worship, you have character and moral authority. Character is actually moral authority. When your character matches who you are, when the words of your life becomes like what you do, when the words that come out of your mouth looks like your character, when people can see that you reflect the love of God, when you look exactly like Jesus Christ, then your miracles carry power. In fact, when you see someone who is miraculous, go and check their character again. That is how you tell whether it's a fake miracle or a real miracle because by their character and by the conduct of their life, we can tell whether God is at work in them. Moral authority. God wants to cause a moral revolution. The power of God is not just for us to form in the church and fall down. The power of God is supposed to construct something on the inside of us. Stay power. Resilience. Ability to receive the word of God and allow the word of God to change you. One of the things God wants to do with his kingdom is bring back the power. Ask someone, do you have the presence? Do you have the power? Do you have the moral authority? Is your new nature changed? Many times people give their lives to cross the, to Christ, they stop only at number one. That's that new nature. You have a new nature in Christ. All things are passed away. But you don't have stay power. You don't have fruits. You don't have consistency. And guess what the devil does? The devil loves it. He will make you to keep what? Rising and falling. Rising and falling. But guess what God wants to do? God wants to bring a restoration of your moral character. And guess what the miracles are for? The miracles are for the reform of society. God wants by your hand for you to change the things that are broken. God wants by your hand to alter the things that are not right. God wants by your hand to, to fix the broken system of the earth but it has to be built on your moral authority your moral authority will determine how you build a nation and how you build education so we go back to do those same things which the earth is broken for right we still build roads we still build education this week these last two weeks, you see Destiny Trust really doing amazing. Let's put our hands together for Destiny Trust. You know, on the 1st of October, we're going to commission a new Destiny Trust Center. It's going to be amazing. Um, I'm rushing back to that place just with joy in my heart. It's going to be like, Abimola introduced it to us the other time. It's going to be like a place where if you left secondary school and you, are, you left primary school and you're a dropout, you can bring you to a place where you can write common entrance and go to secondary school if you didn't have WIAC and you, you are like 18 years old and you want to join a class just do some remedial courses to connect you to the proper education system it's going to be a learning center how powerful is that and this week it was the guest speaker at the uh, Onosede Foundation what was the, was the Onosede, did I get the name? Onosede Foundation, Education Foundation so powerful, people quietly rolling out impact we know him like yeah <laughs> i know you <laughs> so powerful but guess what is meaningless except he's doing it from the re powerpoint reform and you will see the life of those children there's a difference i was speaking to someone who lives and works in medical in the education sector you know my heart is for the nation I'm just looking for ways in which we can connect Destiny Trust and Meduguri in the Northeast. We're going to do a campaign and raise schools in Meduguri by the grace of God. Say amen. amen. And, and what she said was that they, her charity alone, I won't call the name of her charity, has adopted 81 schools and they're putting millions of dollars, but they have no results. Meanwhile, I can see the boys who were taken from the streets 10, 12 years ago, they are now in the University of Ibadan, right here in Lagos. How powerful is that? When your heart is anchored in God, 
the impact quotient will be multiplier effect. The real reason why we do what we do must come from the place of moral authority because the power of God is expressed. When God comes to Pastor Fred and says, Pastor Fred, take on the prisons. He will go there and when he goes there, he will always establish justice because his heart is for what? Justice. So we never fix things from a physical standpoint from the, from the oh, it's nice to have standpoint. The reason why we're fixing lives is because every life belongs to God. Every life was breathed into God, the bread of life. So we take human lives and reform them. The power of God is available for you and you can do the works of God today. Not only in preaching the gospel, but even in societal reform. The power of God is expressed in his new nature, in his presence and worship. Like here in church, what we're doing is what? Number two, presence of God and worship. When, the, when, when ambassador began to sing, let the weight of your glory cover us, you felt something. You felt the atmosphere shift. In that place of worship, you receive power. You grow your character. You grow your building block and you go out to express moral authority. How many of you are getting this? I'm sure this is not what you thought receiving the kingdom was about. But this is actually what it really is. Number one, build a family. Number two, embrace power. The fullness of power. Something else that's been happening is the revival. Last week, Pastor, Pastor ID said that revival has come lively stones. God has built us up into these lively stones. And revival is healing the nations of the earth. And you won't even believe what people are calling revival. The redeemed Christian church of God. They have, like in America, 1,000 churches. In the US alone, they have 1,000 churches. North America alone. In the UK, hundreds and hundreds. Not a city without them. It's mostly filled by blacks. But somebody said, somebody was writing in, in New York Times and says that, oh, that's how the Presbyterian church was. It was fooled by Irish immigrants as well at some point in time. But actually with time, he absorbed into society. Something else that would be interesting to you is the street revivals of Sean, Sean Fort. A guy called Sean Fort. Just goes around from city to city. This was in... Um, I can't remember the name of the city, but they banned them from the square. That place where, there was, where the Black Lives Matter movement raged, is it uh, Oregon or something like that? They banned them from the square, the, the park. So they came out to the streets, and this was the number of people on the streets. He went to, he went to uh, the Independence Square in DC, and he had 35,000 people. Just worship, all denominations. They go there, healing taking place. There are moves of God, even in Nigeria, in Yaba. I won't call names, Lekki. There are moves of God. And so from time to time, God is actually raising new altars. There are moves of God happening right now. God is reviving. God is bringing power. The kingdom of God is power. The kingdom of God is movement. The kingdom of God is advancing. And many times we feel like we know that the kingdom of, like, for example, I've heard that thing that the church in the UK is dead. But you need to see the Hillsong Conference. They pack out the O2 Arena in London. 40,000, 80,000 British people shouting all the songs we sing here. You need to see the Passion Conference. There are movements. God has, God is tearing another movement of people. Just because you're not in, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't know that God is not staring at other set of people. And we're not the only ones. Say it again, we're not the only ones. We know that God is staring at our hearts, but we're not the only ones. God is moving. And even here, God is moving. God is working. God is staring. And God is advancing his work because the kingdom of God is advancing. So every time we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. You know what we're asking for? Let the character of God come. Let the moral authority of God come. Let the glory of God come. Yet we're praying for God to take over the floor. Amen. Amen. 
Honestly, God wants to pour something out. God is waiting for us. God is waiting for some of you. God is waiting. Can I have more in your life is what I'm asking. Can I have more room in your heart? Can you permit me some more? Because the kingdom is actually the place where the word of the king carries power. Does the word of God carry power in you? The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. Is the power of God real in your life? Do you have space in your heart for the move of God? Don't follow the statistics. That's how a local church pastor told me that, oh, in the UK, street preaching is dead. That you don't preach on the streets anymore. But the Holy Spirit told me, go and preach on the streets. The pastor said, statistics show that nobody will listen to you if you go out and do evangelism. But the Holy Spirit said to me, go out and preach. And guess what? The UK is preacher's heaven. All the streets are carved like this. You stand in front of, in the center of Piccadilly Circus and throw your voice. The buildings are act like this. You just carry your voice. The same as Glasgow. The same as the walking street on Edinburgh. Or Stelling. Any other town you go to. Manchester, Birmingham. They have this kind of lined up buildings where if you throw your voice just as if the building become mega poem, you just go preacher's heaven. It's a place for evangelism. <laughs> I love it. Can I tell you guys something? Don't believe statistics of men. So guess what happened? On the streets, I started meeting people who were giving their lives to Christ. What if I never obeyed? I'll never forget a lady I met. I said, have you ever heard the good news? She said, never. I said, have you ever been to church? She said, never. A whole adult, never been to church. Oh, she said, oh, once. I went for a wedding in New York. And I said to her, would you like to meet Jesus Christ? Would you like to meet someone who makes life worth it? Would you like to improve the quality of your life? She said, well, my mom is a witch, but honestly, this Jesus you are saying sounds much better. <laughs> How powerful is that? I led a witch's daughter to Christ on the streets of Edinburgh. And guess what? She was going to come to Edinburgh that day, and the next day she was traveling to London. That would be all of Edinburgh she would see. And then she was gone out of the UK the next day after that I met another guy he was coming from Hong Kong I led him to Christ in the place where they told me that it doesn't work to lead people to Christ nothing happens on the streets don't believe statistics the kingdom of God is coming on the inside of you say amen amen and I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And I will cause a tearing in the hearts of men and women. And I will cause a rebuilding, a rekindling of spirits. For the nations of the earth shall be full of the glory of God. For the people in this world shall see the power of the Most High ride again. For people shall climb again the mountain of the Lord and be released again into God's holy portals. The door of fellowship with our God will be open to men and women again. And people who are present in all the nations of the world, people will experience God and encounter the Holy Spirit. For the power of God is coming as the kingdom of God is being released. As sons and daughters present the kingdom. The kingdom is enlarging. The kingdom is growing. The kingdom is not contracting. Don't believe what you hear. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. And God says, I surely as I live, my glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Because the kingdom of God is coming. The dwelling place of our king is advancing. The living place of our God is increasing. The word of God is as Accelerating in our day and in our time, and we declare that we are a part of it. I am a part of it. I am a part of the kingdom. I am a part of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is born in me. The kingdom of God is born in me. I am full.
mind of my God. I'm full of the desire of my God. The mind of God is in me. The ideas of God is in me. The change of God is in me. I carry a holy DNA. The kingdom of God is born on the inside of me. If you believe this, say amen. God is birthing something powerful in every heart that is willing today. God doesn't want you to ever become a church warmer again. Your prayer point should never be running from the people who are your enemies, the people who are fighting you. You carry the character of God on the inside. You have a holy virus that the earth needs. You have a holy DNA to share with the world. You have an internal configuration that the world has never seen the kingdom of God is within you the kingdom of God is within you receive the kingdom how do you receive the kingdom number one repent Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 in those days let's read this together one to go in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is near then again, the next one. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John preached. Jesus preached the same message. The disciples preached the same message. The message of those people was not anything apart from the kingdom of God. The place where God reigns. The place where God takes The place where God is allowed to operate. The place where God's idea is allowed to function. The place where God's mindset is allowed to increase. The place where the kingdom of God comes like yeast. And then you read Matthew 13, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast. A little bit of it in the leaven. Like leaven. It's like a, like a yeast. A little bit of it in the dough. And in a short while, it leavens the whole dough. Pastor Fred, can you tell us about this dough principle again? How does a little yeast leaven the dough, Pastor Fred? Tell us. How much yeast do you need to make like 500 loaves of bread? And what does leaven the dough mean? Explain it to us. Sorry, I'll put you on the spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the function of yeast is to help um, the dough. Uh, so dough is made of flour, um, and then depending on what you're producing, if it's bread, then sugar, um, milk, if you're using milk, um, salt, and all of the raw materials. So you put them together, but without yeast, it's near impossible for the bread, for the dough to actually rise and form uh, to become what you want it to be, really. Um, so as much, no matter how much, um, you don't put, um, you only need a very little quantity of yeast to um, a dough. So let's take, for instance, you're doing 50 kg uh, of flour, of, of flour, let's say, let's assume that's what you're using, then for yeast, you probably need just as small as 300, 400 grams of it. No, that's too big. That's too much. Um, so you need very little of it. Again, it depends on the power of the yeast. There are some yeast that you only need 100 grams, really tiny. Like two spoons or three spoons? Yeah, so let me convert that so it makes sense. So... 300 grams, if you're changing the dough, which is, let's say, 50 kg, will be 50,000 grams, basically. So for 50,000 grams, you need about 200, 300 grams of yeast to actually make that yeast rise. And the funny part is that when you put it, it also, you also have to bake it at a particular time. Right. After that time, it's almost uncontrollable what that yeast will do to that dough. Like, um, let's take for instance, there are times when, in the past, when we had a problem with our machine that, with the, with the oven, that um, after we're waiting for the yeast to, for dough to rise, the oven had a problem. Now, at that particular time, we couldn't bake the product again because the oven had a problem, right? And the dough was going bad. So, that tiny yeast 
continue to rise that dough. So we put that, so you get one sack of, so we need to throw it away now at this point. Now one sack of that, of the, of the flour, you probably, um, when you're trying to throw it away, you probably need to put the dough back into multiple sacks, maybe up to 10 sacks, because they will keep rising, like almost forever. So you put them at the place where they need to pick them up, uh, the, the trash area. You come the following morning, notice that the bags have busted. Like it just continues to rise and continues to rise. Um, and the hate weight is unbelievable when it continues. So the, that tiny yeast, we continue to act on that dough. Just very little of it, and it just continues to work on it, literally forever, as tiny and as smooth as it is. Really powerful. Do you see ama how amazing? He's a, bake, he's a baker, bread era is the bread to eat. My, I'm going to just, my children say I should bring bread era. <laughs> The best bread in the world. <laughs> That's some advertising. <laughs> but do you, get, do you get the character of the catalyst? The kingdom of heaven is like a catalyst. It's like a catalyst. It activates the world. Do you know, all you need to do, just sprinkle a little bit of it. Sprinkle a little bit of it. And the impact continues to go. Some of you will never know what you're preaching the word you say. And guess what? The world acts like we don't need you. We don't need your voice. They all act like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Post on social media, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Everybody cares what somebody thinks about them. Not a person in the world who doesn't care what people think about them. Not one person. The person who shouts his loudest is the biggest liar of all. The person who says, I don't need anyone. You understand? We all need someone. The dough, the little you, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. A little bit of it, it leavens the whole dough. It raises the whole. You keep on activating the lives of people. But guess what? This is, depends on the power in the yeast. So there are yeast of different categories. That, that the power of your consecration is actually the power of your yeast. Some yeast are like sand. Sorry, that's another sermon. So when the Bible says change the way you think, Jesus was saying, let's bring the kingdom into the mind. Repent means to alter the way that your life looks like. Next slide. Then the next place Jesus reads in John chapter 3 verse 3. says, assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Before you can enter the kingdom of God, you have to see it first. You have to get a revelation of the kingdom of God. Being born again is actually the insight, the open door. Being born again is like childhood. It's like the beginning point. Then see the next thing Jesus says. Matthew 7, 21, sorry. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. There's a difference between seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom. Seeing is for everyone. Entering is a call up into the kingdom. Is a breaking the threshold. Do you understand? Whoever comes will see the kingdom. Whoever avails themselves will see the kingdom. The first thing God begins to give to the person who comes to him is sight of the kingdom. What the kingdom of God is. God will begin to show you the uselessness of your old life. God will begin to show you the pain of a sinful life. God will begin to show you the brokenness of a, of a hurting and the hurt of a wounded life. God begins to show you the, the incapacity of your old life. So you see the kingdom. The kingdom is beautiful. The kingdom is amazing. But for you to enter the kingdom of God, for you to enter, it's not just by calling him Lord, Lord. You have to do the will of him. Do you know people say there's nothing more we're going to do that Jesus, that Jesus finished it all. But this scripture goes against that. Jesus has finished everything we need. 
but there is our response. Our response is to do the will of him who called us. Doing the Father's will is the guarantee that you will enter. Doing the will of God. Doing the will of God. Let's run quickly. And how you do the will of God. Matthew 6 gives us a perspective. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. So, seek. The two words I want to bring out here is seek. Seek means to pursue, to long for, to chase after. This is actually our role. And then first means priority, uppermost, first choice. Seek first. Seek first. Place in priority. Bring to the topmost position the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. Say amen. amen. Finally, the kingdom of God comes from within. How many of you thought when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is coming? He was talking about actually end time and rapture. The kingdom of God is not rapture. Rapture is a doorway into another threshold. The kingdom of heaven is already here. So, Jesus says that when you see the end time, people will say in Luke 17, he's actually talking about the end times. Go and read about Luke 17, the whole chapter. It says, nor will they say, see here or see there, for, the, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. There's something on the inside of you that's a quality of the kingdom. There's something on the inside of you that as you begin to walk with Christ, the kingdom is born. There's something belonging to the kingdom of God inside your heart. There's a quality of life on the inside of you that belongs to the kingdom of God. So quit looking in the world for the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God? within you many will say let's go to this man of God let's go to this town let's go to this city let's go to this place the kingdom of God is where within you it's within you it's within you say amen like I have the kingdom yes you do you have the first reign of the kingdom you have the first stem of the kingdom you have the first seed of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Say amen. amen. I'm sure many of you cannot even think about this like, so this is my broken life now, like I am now. This one that I'm not even doing miracles or not doing anything. So the kingdom of God is within me right now. Yes. In a measure. So Paul said to Timothy, there was a scripture where it says, the faith which was in your grandmother, Lois, in your mother, Eunice, is now also in you. He was a third generation believer. But now Paul came and took him up as a mentor. He had fathers in the Lord before he met Paul. But Paul began to teach him. He says, stir up the gifts of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the kingdom of God. That means that there is degrees of yieldedness. That means that there is levels of stirring. That means there is levels of cooking. You know how people in Africa would say, when I went home, they cooked my head very well. As a cultic practice. You know what they mean? It means that a powerful witch doctor has done sacrifice and incantations. The spirit world respects that sacrifice. Stir up the gifts of God. Stir up the gifts of God. I'm looking at some people's lives. Your lives are dry. Your yeast is very fickle. It's not like real yeast. It's not because Jesus has not died for that yeast. 
It's not because Jesus has not given you good quality years. But there is the part that you are according to the power that is at work in you. The kingdom of heaven is here. The power of God is here. The atmosphere of God is here. The glory of God is here. The beauty of God is here. And guess what God wants to do now? to begin to raise up the people who are yielded to him. To begin to raise up dough who will cause, raise up yeast who will cause the entire dough to rise. God is actually looking for sons and daughters who will cause a stirring in the atmosphere. God is looking for men who are going to say, I have the gift of God. I, the gift of God is in me and I stir it up. Stir up the gift of God. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you a story. You know how we you know how we try to be the best we can be in the eyes of people how we try to be the best we can be in the eyes of people I used to try to do that before you know and one day the spirit of God stopped me in my tracks and said can you turn the attention on me? Can you turn the attention on me? Can you not worry what the audience said? We talk about the many sins of Saul. This was the one thing that he did. He always wanted honor. He said to Samuel, I know I've sinned, but honor me before the people. On the other hand, David was this man who allowed the kingdom of God to work in him. I tell you guys something. What God wants to do. So, in that season, a lot of things were happening where I had to choose between what people wanted me to do and what God wanted me to do. And I had to go with what God wanted me to do. And do you know sometimes that can be a very lonely road? It can be very hard when you do what God wants you to do. But that's actually the first test that you are no more living for the crowd. You are allowing the kingdom of God to come on the inside of you. Nothing will happen or change in the world except men who allow the kingdom of God to come in them. There will always be contrary arguments. There will always be other ways of doing things. There will always be other ideas. But the persons who allow the kingdom of God to flow in them will be the people who will rise up into everything that God has in store. Timothy was a young protege of Paul. And he was called to lead the church in Ephesus. There were many grown-up people many more wise people than him. He was so young. He was actually a teenager. Babus recalls that he was a teenager. He was less than 20 when he began to pastor in Ephesus. So Paul had to write him, let no one look down on you because you are young, but choose to be an example of believers in faith, in hope, in charity. That example life is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God includes everything. But the places where we tend to look for the kingdom is the powerful area. That's why the Holy Spirit is telling me that I should show some light on the other areas where we don't see the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come for you. Are you going to do what men want? Are you going to do what God wants? Are you going to do what you prefer? Sometimes if it's even what you want. There are things I want. 
I have to lay them down for the kingdom. The kingdom is not in the sky. The kingdom of God is within you. Within you. I just see some people entering the kingdom today. <laughs> not only will you see this kingdom, you receive the power to enter. What is this kingdom? Like we said in summary, the kingdom is the place where God reigns. The kingdom is the place where the power of God lives. The kingdom is the place where sons and daughters are raised up to God in righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The old song says, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. More gentle. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, come everybody, don't you want Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.